Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. There are thousands of amazing self-help books out there, but what happens when you're struggling at the moment and need help now? Well, my new book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook, is your new go-to self-help book. I wrote it specifically for when you don't know how to overcome a challenge. Each chapter gives you a framework on how to tackle your situation. I help you focus on what already works for you. Your situation today may be different, but the emotions you're currently feeling, you felt them before, and you did something that helped you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. This book is specifically written to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Purchase your book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. Once again, purchase Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. My guest today is Bernie Nelson. You may not know him by name, but I'm confident you have heard his music. His songs have sold over 25 million copies with multi-platinum cuts on the works of major artists such as Conway Twitty, Ricky Van Shelton, Kenny Chesney, Wynonna, Colin Ray, Confederate Railroad, Miranda Lambert, Chris Christopherson, and many more. In today's episode, we talk about Bernie's new book, Honky Tonk Angels, Stories of God's Influence on Nashville's Most Iconic Songs, which chronicles 40 hit songs, including The House That Built Me, I Can't Make You Love Me, Troubadour, and others, and how they came to be. In each story, there's a miracle of one kind or another that happens to bring it to pass. Every remarkable tale reminds us that, as the scriptures say, we have entertained angels unaware. And as you'll see, they're always at work to make God's will happen, even when it seems impossible. Welcome to Lifeology. Hey, thanks for having me, James. I am looking forward to this. That was a mouthful for me to say, <laughs> but it doesn't even encompass, once again, everything that you've done. So once again, thank you for joining with us today. Did you always have it in you? Did you know that you were going to be a songwriter? You know, I think um, even early, early grade school, I played around with songs, you know, meaning mm -hmm. I would take another song and change the lyrics early on. That actually got me in trouble in parochial school. Um, <laughs> go there. but. I did through that process in the fourth grade of getting in trouble with the nuns. I did pick up on the fact that, that songs were powerful, you know, uh -huh. and that lyrics were powerful. So when I changed the lyrics to this popular song on the radio, uh, the kids, this is in the sixties, were, were digging it because it said something kind of, you know, outrageous and, but it was powerful. So I learned that. Yeah. Uh, and then I, of course, gravitated to songwriting later on in the late seventies and stuff. Wow. What inspires you to write? Um, I remember I had a band and we were playing some terrible place in the middle of winter, like South Dakota <laughs> or something. And oh, the gosh. CMA awards were on and it was a Sunday night. So we were off and I remember watching the award show and I told myself, this is the last year I sit here and watch the award show. Somehow I want to be there. And, uh, you know, obviously by the grace of God, uh, things happened. And I ended up starting in Muscle Shoals, Alabama with two Hall of Famers, a million people, amazing people. And then that music opened doors for me in Nashville. And those two people opened doors for me in Nashville. And it, 
early on in the book, you read exactly where I landed in the middle of Camelot. I mean, it was, if you could land in one place, this was it, because there weren't too many people there, but the people that were there were making huge dents in, in country wow. music. And there was this huge ship. So when I got there, no one wanted anything to do with my songs because they were too country. And that goes mm. every five years, Nashville goes through that wash cycle. And uh, yeah. we just came out of it, in case you hadn't noticed, the last five, 10 years been pretty funky. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, so all of a sudden, everybody shifted their style of writing and kind of landed to where I was at already. And uh, So you're already there. That's great. Yeah, so it worked out really nice. And then I, I just had to learn how to write songs better and how to write better melodies. And uh, I think my strongest suit then and probably still today is not so much the song as it is the content in other words um if you write a tailgate pickup truck song there's a thousand of them but if you mm-hmm. write a song called red solo cup or honky tonk mm-hmm. Donk or achy breaky heart those are stupid songs but people are going to yeah. gravitate to them because one they're stupid and two they're not your normal song or if you write I can't make you love me or the house that built me or girl going nowhere. They're totally different subject matters. And, and artists are going to be drawn to that because, Hey, mm-hmm. that's something I hadn't thought to say, or, or that's something I wish I had written. And then they're going to call you up and want to record your song. So. Wow. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I wanted to jump back to the part where you said you're watching the CMA awards and you said, by this time next year, I'm going to, last time I'm going to watch it, I'm going to be there. How did you maintain that mindset and that focus? So therefore, by the next year, you were there. Because I think that's a really important lesson. You know, I'm I'm a songwriter, I think, second. And first of all, I'm an entertainer. I've always been an entertainer. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm from mm-hmm. the show-off kid. But we do shows where we could do an entire night of just Bernie Nelson songs, but Sometimes we just want to have fun and we'll pull out a song that I had nothing to do with and do a cover song just to light the the crowd up. And so I had a band and we were really well received uh, out west, Wyoming, Colorado, Montana, the Dakotas. And we did really well. We had a lot of fun. Uh, But through the process of uh, band members not getting along and um, wanting to do more and more of my own stuff and then. After visiting Muscle Shoals, that's when the, the hook was set pretty deep. Uh, my first reaction, of course, was I'm not anywhere in the league of these guys. And why am I here? Why are they messing with me? And two, how do I get that good? And I remember my first night in Nashville going to the Bluebird and seeing the best of the best. And I called the band and said, man, we, we might have to put the band back together because I don't think I'm going to make it here again. It, oh and, wow interesting um it just it, fortunately for me it didn't take 10 years it didn't take five years mm-hmm. it took my first cut was my first song ever, i ever wrote in nashville wow um, wow and then i wrote one in a laundromat one night without a guitar and uh, my song plugger wanted nothing to do with it. it was too country and i kept asking how to get it to this one act and finally he he told me, he said, well, the producer's right across the street. Just walk over and give it to him. <laughs> so I did. Right. And it turns out that his, the, the producer's wife was receptionist that day. And she'd heard me play this song out and she loved it. And 
before I got back across the street, they had called and said they wanted it, you know, and wow. it, it was a valuable lesson. It taught me one to do my own homework and, and, mm-hmm. and not to rely on just one person in that town uh, yeah. to get it done. But when I went to that song plugger, he, he'd called me when I was on the road and told me that Conway Twitty had taken a song of mine. And so I moved to Nashville thinking I've, I'm on a roll, you know, and then when I got to Nashville, I found out that Conway had passed on it. And I didn't know what a pass was. Um, so I found out that Conway did record that song. And like three, four months in, I said, hey, man, when are you going to get me a cut? And yeah. he said, when you write more songs. You know, so relying on that one song that Conway recorded or wanted to record but passed on wasn't going to get me very far. So mm-hmm. I learned that these guys were writing two, three songs a day where I would oh, write wow. maybe two or three songs a month, you know. Oh, goodness. And, yeah. and I jumped in, and then the floodgates opened. And by the grace yeah. of God, these monster songwriters would take the time to show me things, you know. Um, and it, it, I, I learned fast. And they liked what I was doing, and uh, they allowed me to peek behind the curtain, and it was really cool. So... That's amazing. When you look at the the earlier songs that you wrote versus the songs you wrote now, what's different and what's the same? You know, um, music changes, I think, over time. I mean, I don't think you could get Help Me Make It Through the Night recorded today, maybe. Uh, so music changes. Um, and I, I'm ever grateful. Like I told you off camera about my Crystal Gale cut. Um, mm-hmm. And it's one of the songs I teach in one of my songwriting classes of how not to write a song, you know, <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it's just, it's just, uh, it's, it's one of those songs that's written more like a poem. And yeah. when I teach songwriting, one of my favorite sayings is that the best songs are just conversation put to music. Yeah. And, uh, I try to, I try to do that. I've always been kind of a storyteller with my music, you know, and, and I've been a fan of those type of songwriters, Christopherson, Tom T. Hall, um, and it just, I love people who can tell a story and, and make you feel like, you know, they've been reading your mail because they're hitting on every nerve that you've got. So, um, so yeah. I think today's, the, if anything else, it's different leaving Nashville three years ago. And prior to that, you know, I just took the filters off. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't allow Nashville to pigeonhole me into what I should write and what I shouldn't write. Mm-hmm. And I forgot that that's what, made me successful uh, from the beginning was when Nashville told me you you can't write something that country no one's going to cut it to just keep writing it and uh, I have a saying that good writers chase trains and great writers write great songs knowing another train will come along at some point mm-hmm. so um, it's it's you know it's it's I, and the beauty of it is I'm still learning and now I'm in Texas and I'm trying to saturate the Texas sound and the Texas heritage and, and the richness of the Texas music. And it's intoxicating to start all over again. So. Oh, that's inspiring. We'll be right back. Are you an emerging persona or a global organization that isn't getting recognition from the press? Have your marketing and advertisement efforts hit a plateau? Let us help you take your brand to the next level. Red Heifer Media is a full-service boutique public relations agency specializing in health and wellness, tech, real estate, and nonprofit organizations. We can turn your successful company into a reputable brand. 
Take your first step and visit www.redheifermedia.com. Once again, visit www.redheifermedia.com to take your brand to the next level. Welcome back. I am James Miller. I am the host of Lifeology Radio. We are currently speaking with Bernie Nelson. In today's episode, we're talking about his book, Honky Tonk Angels, Stories of God's Influence on Nashville's Most Iconic Songs. For more information about Bernie and to purchase his book, please visit BernieNelson.com. Bernie, I wanted to transition into your book, Honky Tonk Angels, Stories of God's Influence on Nashville's Most Iconic Songs. What inspired you to write this? Well, there were so many great stories. And without being sacrilegious, I had become friends with the songwriting gods. I mean, Mm -hmm. the biggest songwriters in the history of country music. They were my friends and we were doing shows together and I would sit next to them and hear them sing things like you're always on my mind, you know, Mm -hmm. give me a ticket for an airplane and just sit there and just like, why am I here? You know, and and, uh, so slowly we started losing those people. And I knew some stories that were kind of cool. But the main story that started the book never made the book. We just never had time to sit down and, and talk about it, even though I knew the story. It was very much so there when it happened. Uh, there was a group called Bailey and the Boys in the 80s that were a pretty successful group, husband and wife. And Michael Bonaguerra, the husband, came into the publishing company one day where I was at. And my friend Craig Carp was standing there talking to me because he had a new girl. He wanted me to sing demos for, for me. Her, her name was Faith Hill. And he wanted uh-huh. me to help Faith do some demo work and help maybe get her a record deal. So Craig Carp had written songs for um, um, rock group Kiss. So he'd written songs oh, wow. for Kiss out in California. And we're standing there. So. Craig Carp is standing there and Michael Bonaguerra walks in and Michael's from Pennsylvania and he turns to Craig Carp and says, are you Craig? And he says, yes. He goes, well, are you ready to write? And there's a guy with a record deal standing there asking you to write that you, you know, so you so they went upstairs and wrote a song and they wrote no stop in your heart, which would go number one for Marie Osmond. Right. So when they finished writing the song, Michael Bonaguerra from Pennsylvania asked Craig Carp from San Francisco, what part of Philadelphia or Pennsylvania you're from? And Craig Carp said, I'm not from Pennsylvania. I'm from San Francisco. And Michael Bonaguerra said, oh, that's weird because I know some Bickharts in Pennsylvania. So he thought that Craig Carp was another writer named Craig Bickhart. And oh, interesting. Craig. And they ended up writing a number one. And they didn't know each other. Mm. And they wrote, he wrote the wrong song, you know. <laughs> hysterical. My, my, uh, my Randy Travis song that he and Christofferson recorded, um, the song pluggers, I could hear them through the wall having a really hard time. They would start the machine, stop, start, stop, stop. So they weren't getting very far. And my publisher stuck his head out and said, what's the song you wrote for Randy? And I had written a song called Every Road That I Go Down. So he told our tape copy guy, a kid named Chris Latham, who was married at the time to a girl named Trisha Latham, who would later go back to her maiden name, Trisha Yearwood. Oh, Anyhow, wow. so Trisha, Chris Latham went upstairs and grabbed the first song that had the word road in it and brought it down. Mark put it on a reel to reel. And as soon as it started, Mark realized it was the wrong song. 
And as he was about ready to hit stop, Randy Travis, I heard him through the wall say, oh, I like that. And <laughs> so he played the wrong song and it made a five million recording record with wow. my hero singing it with him with Christopherson. So uh, that that stuff to me, uh, I started looking at coincidence mm-hmm. and then I started equating uh, my my belief in belief, you know, and yeah. uh, I was fearless when I got to town. I was fearless when I was on the road with my band. And fearless meant I had complete belief that I was going to be successful. Um, as early on, I always achieved, you know, what I set out to do, be it mm-hmm. baseball or Cub Scouts, whatever. But you have that built in where you're you're going to be successful. So I had to apply that to Nashville. And I started believing in myself, mainly because I was getting songs recorded that I'd written by myself. And uh, I I recently had a revelation uh, after a few months of down on myself, realizing that the people that opened the doors and let me come in after hearing three songs were some of the biggest people in the music business. Mm-hmm. And so I must have done something right back then for them to go, yeah, uh, sign here, you know. And wow. um, so belief and um, getting into the, the religious faith part about it um i think there's a a a true connection between what they call the law of attraction and and faith and yeah uh throughout the the gospels and and the old testament i believe that moses the g that god didn't part the red sea i believe that moses parted the red sea because he believed he could Mm. Oh, interesting. Okay. You know, because God said, do this and it's going to happen. Mm. So he had complete faith. And then you for- fast forward to the, to the gospels and, you know, the centurion says, you know, can you heal my, my son? He said, can you, can you heal your son? He said, how? He said, with faith, he's will increase my faith. And he taught the apostles, if you believe this, you can make this tree go jump mm-hmm. up in the ocean and stuff. Yeah. And then throughout all the miracles, Jesus thanked God, not for what was about to happen, for, for what he really believed had already happened, had already taken mm-hmm. place. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think if, if you if you speak it and you believe it, uh, and, and faith is a powerful thing. And, and that's what this book is is based on, is, is believing in God's timing, I guess. So uh, mm-hmm. I think I, I jumped ship there a little bit. but. Um, the songwriting and, and like so many other things, you have to believe in yourself, uh, or you might as well just, you know, put your pencils away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate all the, you know, the synchronicity or how the, the timing that you're talking about, because uh, I think there's nothing worse than when an opportunity arises and you're not ready for it. So uh, I'm sure I'm similar in how you believe as well is that we put the hard work in and God opens the doors. God provides the opportunity, whether it's through bringing, you know, the wrong song or whatever it might be. But the whole point is, is that if you're not ready for something and working on your craft or working on whatever talents you have, 
then if when that door does open, it's like, oh man, I didn't do my part. So I, I really uh, appreciate the, this book here as far as to really inspire people that, you know, especially if they have enjoy country music, of course, to hear how these songs are written and to see the influence and the timing and the quote coincidences and this, uh, this, the synchronicity of it. So that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. A lot of the stories uh, are just, are you flipping kidding me? I mean, uh, can I tell one of the stories? Yeah, please do. So Kenny Loggins of Loggins and Messina and Kenny Loggins that wrote um, Danger Zone for, for Top Gun and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd never had a song recorded. And back in the 60s, they didn't have places to play out some coffee shops down there. But a lot of times they had house parties and people would come over and play folk songs. And he played a song one night and two guys from what would become the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band were there and loved this particular song that he'd written called House of Pooh Corner. But it talked about Winnie the Pooh, you know, and all that stuff. And, and um, so the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band was making this watershed record called Uncle Charlie, and they wanted Winnie the Pooh, House on Pooh Corner, to be on the record. So he was very excited. He was finally going to get his first big break. And a month or so passed, and they called him and said that they couldn't record his song because Winnie the Pooh was owned by Disney. And uh-huh. Disney didn't want these hippie guys to record a song referring to one of their Disney characters. You have to remember, this is like 67, 68. Sure. So Kenny Loggins had had a date lined up with a girl he had just met. And he called and canceled the date because he was very depressed. And she pursued him and said, what's wrong? And so finally he went out that night with her. Yeah. And so finally she said, well, what's this all about? And he said, well, I wrote this song and it's music business and you want to understand. And, and Disney shut my dream all to heck, you know. And, and she said, so let me get this right. So you wrote a song, this band wants to record it but Walt Disney won't let you record it. And, and that's the problem. He said, yes. And she said, well, why don't I just talk to daddy? Her, dad was, her dad was the CEO of Disney. Oh my gosh. How do you make that happen? Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, she incredible. could have said, okay, you don't want to go out and be fooey. You know, my dad's the CEO yeah. of Disney. I'll find somebody else to go out with, you know, but God put them together. He told his story and she said, well, I'll just talk to daddy. Yeah. And like he was the head of the law, the, 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 the law department at Disney and stuff. And, and it was done, you know, and, yeah. and that was Amazing. that crazy, crazy stuff. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's to hear that. I just, cause I, I was actually, um, so I have, a, I have a faith in God as well. And so this morning I was really uh, in my devotions, kind of praying about some things that I was really want to see happen this year so i think it was really once again kind of we're talking about this divine connection here where i get to talk to you i get inspired from that and know that it's not one person that or it's not everyone that needs to like us it's just that one person that opens a door um and so with that i'm i'm looking forward to seeing how my own dreams come to pass this year as well so i really appreciate uh, your inspiration and everything that you're doing with the book honky tonk angels is it specifically about so it goes through each songs each song and then it tells the backstory of it very short stories, maybe two pages. Uh, oh, okay. I had several, 
several pictures of the songwriters, but because I didn't know who took the pictures, I didn't have rights to them. Yeah. So I hired uh, an artist to sketch them, and they're very nice mm. sketches. Um, so, and then there's a little blip of the lyric, maybe two lines from the song. Uh, we were going to put all the lyrics to each song on each on one of the pages, but we found out that uh, it would cost us three hundred dollars per song oh, yeah. to do oh, that uh, oh, through Harry Bond and all that. So, um, so oh, yeah. one day. Um, when I found out that I couldn't use all the lyrics, I got really frustrated with God because we kept hitting walls. And I was at a gym in San Angelo and I said, God, why don't you want me to put the words to the song in this book? I mean, the words are so important, God. I mean, people need to see the words. And, and I kept hearing the word, word. And then it came to me that God's word was a lot more important than the mm. lyrics. So I would find scripture to go with each song and put that in there as well. And uh, it was just powerful, you know. Yeah. Uh, the thing I think if I could express to anybody is that when God throws you a roadblock or makes you go left and you want to go right, get excited. <laughs> get just, I mean, get crazy excited. Yes. Because that that feeds the faith mechanism versus the fear mechanism mm -hmm. so when you get up and you're supposed to do something really important that day and it falls apart rather than get fearful like now i'm not going to get that paycheck or whatever get excited because god yeah. is literally moving heaven and earth right now to make something special come your way and the way you wanted to go was not the way it was going to work so uh, and it's hard because I've had people, you know, lose people through death and people through divorce and stuff or lose their job. And I've just told them, man, you got to get excited, you know, get past the grief, mm -hmm. but then get excited because uh, I, have, I have friends reach out to me and I don't know them. And they're like, um, you're spiritually speaking to me. What should I do? Get excited. You know, God doesn't want you in, in Panama City. You know, God wants to yeah. move you and be prepared. Pack a bag because it's coming, you know. So. <laughs> That's amazing. That's really inspiring. And I'm, I'm very confident that my viewers and listeners, as they hear this, that they too will realize that God's favor is on their life as well. Bernie Nelson, thank you so much for being a fantastic guest on my show today. If my viewers and listeners want to find out more information about you and to purchase this book, Honky Tonk Angels, Stories of God's Influence on Nashville's Most Iconic Songs, where will they find all this information online? Well, I have a stack of them out in the shed. And uh, as soon as the orders come in uh, by, by way of my website, BernieNelson.com, they usually go out within 24 hours with a signed copy and some kind of personal thing in there. Um, it's just the book is so easy to read. Um, you can read a chapter, which is three pages, or you can read the entire book. And uh, a lot of people get started and just buzz right through it, you know, so uh, they can they can find it at BernieNelson.com. Wonderful. My viewers and listeners also know that if I can't find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and I'll have all of Bernie's information there. Bernie, thank you so much for being a fantastic guest on my show today. Man, thanks for having me. Good stuff. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, 
visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.